0: I do fall over (laughs) just put a pillow under my head that'd be good Um, today is the day of salvation today is the day of new beginnings today is the day when you can walk into your potential so it becomes reality and there's nothing worse than dying with potential Nothing worse than if only, if only, if only I'd done that, if only I'd said that, if only I'd achieved that. Today is the day of breakthrough for lots of people here. Today is the day when God wants to reveal something new to you, either you didn't know it before or you've been struggling with it. You've been turning a deaf ear to God or a blind eye to what it says in the word God wants to impact our lives today that's why today is the day of salvation and you might say well I'm I'm saved so it doesn't apply to me but we're in a process of being saved we're in a process of being redeemed it's all finished but it's still continuing We've been perfected forever, but we are being transformed. And you and I are very conscious of the fact that, boy, do we need transformation. We often think we've achieved something, and then we blot our copybook and we think, oh, I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. <laughs> the best thing is not to think of yourself as being perfect in the first place, but to keep. Casting yourself on the person of Jesus. Because we are only perfect in his perfection. We're only perfect because we are clothed with his righteousness. We don't have any righteousness of our own. It's a a free gift that we have received. Or maybe we're thinking about receiving it. I don't know. I don't know if you're all saved here today if you are jolly good but we must remember we're in a process we're in a process and there's a whole lot of stuff going on in our heads that we battle with do you battle with things in your head do you struggle with some of the thoughts you have there are positive thoughts and there are toxic thoughts And toxic thoughts can have a totally destabilizing effect on our lives. Maureen's reading a book at the moment, uh, which she was uh, given at Christmas. It's all about how you can retrain your brain, how you can reshape your DNA. Now this is the interesting thing, because in scripture... It says, whoever is in Christ, behold, step back with your mouth falling open. He or she is a new creature, a new creation. This doesn't mean that the old one's just been sort of revamped with a touch of paint here and a little bit of polyfiller there. It's a, a new creation of a totally different kind. Because we've been born again by the Spirit. You and I are spiritual people. You're a a man of the Spirit or a woman of the Spirit. Everything we do is done in the empowering of the Spirit. We can't do without the Spirit. And the exciting news, which is quite challenging very challenging depending on your temperament we can't do without one another how often does God speak to you directly from heaven and how often does he speak to you through a Christian brother or sister God uses us to effect change in one another we cannot do without the Holy Spirit we cannot do without one another and because we are empowered by the Spirit we are entirely at His mercy entirely at His disposal I don't know about you but when Maury and I pray in the mornings we pray that God would fill us afresh with His Spirit but the Holy Spirit is not an it, the Holy Spirit is he. He's a person in the Godhead. As much a person as Jesus is, but in an entirely d- uh, different way. He is Jesus' other self, Jesus's alter ego. He is the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ. And because Jesus has gone back to heaven a couple of thousand years ago, Um, and sent his spirit, it means that Jesus can be present in each of our lives, in each of our circumstances, all the time, all over the world. We're not dependent on Jesus rushing from one person to another to help them. But we are each saved by the spirit. We are each being transformed by the spirit. And you and I know that every day we need to be filled afresh with the Spirit so that we have power for living. It's actually the Holy Spirit who's keeping me up on my feet at the moment because I do feel like lying down, but um, the Holy Spirit is strengthening me. Now if you've got an Old Testament, it's probably in front of your New Testament, Uh, if you'd like to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, Correction, Exodus chapter six. Exodus chapter six. My son-in-law in in uh, in Canada. I've been doing some reposting for him, sending on mail for a couple of years. Uh, He wanted to say thank you, and suddenly this whacking great big journaling Bible arrived. And it's always nice to get a brand new Bible, isn't it? And you. You know, it's not all underlined and highlighted and stuff. And you can read it as though it was the first time you were reading it. And I've got as far as... um, Getting on towards the middle of Exodus. And I was in chapter 6 the other day. And something quite mundane but profound stood out for me. Chapter 6 is where God encounters... (laughs) Moses and Aaron, and he says, boys, I've got some work for you to do. Actually, it's old boys, I've got some work for you to do, because Aaron is 83 and Moses is 80. Now, I'm not anywhere near either of those ages. (laughs) And I think, boy, the responsibility of doing what God was asking them to do is awesome. I just want you to go to Pharaoh and... You know, say, God demands that you let his people go. Oh, I'd rather just go and play bowls or uh, learn to play the ukulele or something like that. Um, And in chapter 6, we find that God gives them this initial commission. Uh, We can read that in verse 10. He says... um, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. And uh, that is quite simple and straightforward. And then, from verse 14 onwards, if you're following this in your Bible, we have the genealogy of the tribe of Levi to which Aaron and his younger brother Moses belonged. And then we get to verse 26. You think, oh, it's just words on a page. But actually I think it's God's word to a number of people here today. These are the Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the people of Israel from the land of Egypt by their hosts. It was they who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the people of Israel from Egypt. There's an awful lot of repetition in the Old Testament, isn't there? Because repetition's good for us. It drives the truth deeper and then it goes on to say this Moses and this Aaron. If you've got the NIV, it says the same Moses and the same Aaron, the ones that we're talking about. And this really arrested me uh, the other morning when when I read this. And I felt that God wants to say To people here, um, wants to say to me, (laughs) wants to say to all of us, um, you might have a heavy heart concerning something. You might think that God loves everybody else but you. You might think God's really on everyone else's case but he's not interested in me or you might think everyone else seems to have a firm purpose in life but I haven't got got one or you might think other people seem ready to share on a Sunday morning and at other times but I never have anything to say or if I do have anything to say I don't have the courage to do it What I feel that God is saying through this passage, where he's saying, these are the Aaron and Moses. We're not thinking of those Aaron and Moses over there, but these two, don't know how many Aaron's there were in in the uh, um, uh, people of Israel, or how many Moses there were, but these are the ones I'm talking about. And when you get to the end of verse 27, he says... This Moses and this Aaron. It's like saying, out of all the Freds and Irises in the world, it's this Fred and this Iris I'm talking about. Out of all the Malcolms and Marjories in the world, it's this Malcolm and this Marjorie I'm talking about. Out of all the Davids and Eileens in the world, it's this David and this Eileen. I'm talking about. You can supply your own name. I'm not going to go through the whole church because <laughs> there are some people whose names I don't know. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> not many, but some. Um, what God is saying is that today. It's not. This isn't just for, for a note in your book. This is for something in your heart today. God wants to do something in you, just as he's been doing something in Darren this morning, which he will continue to do, I'm sure. Um, It was interesting, I don't know if Darren thought he would come out and receive prayer for healing, but he he didn't receive prayer for healing, unless I'd switched off, I'm sure I didn't. But he received prayer To have a fresh understanding and experience of God's overwhelming, unconditional love. And the chances are, I don't know whether God wants to heal Darren or not. Let's assume he does. But even if he doesn't, he will have an ongoing experience of God's overwhelming, unconditional love. And that's what we all need. Today is the day of salvation. To, this is going to be echoing, isn't it? Or is it my ears? No? Okay. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day when you can start being more of the person that God has called you to be. There aren't any people in this room, are there, with inhibitions? There's no one in this room who doesn't get embarrassed when the spotlight is put on them. Some, some people fl- flourish. Der- Derek fl- flourishes, doesn't he? He just put a spotlight on him and he'll t- tell you about people in the Bible and all the experiences that he's had. Um, God wants to set all of us free. Free. Thank you Willie. someone agrees, good, okay. I've ne- never worn a skirt, but I can remember back in the, well, when Moore and I were young, in the old days, <laughs> had skirts been invented? Yes, they had. Um, I forget what they were ca- called now, but you had tight, tight skirts. Pencil skirts, Th- thank you. And when you got up on a bus, because people didn't drive cars in those days, you had to kind of get up like this, didn't, didn't you? Not that I personally did it, but <laughs> I watched people. Um, you, you, you did, Yeah. What is hobbling you? What is holding you back? What is like a ball and chain... That stops you running for God? Are you the sort of person who says, well, it's all right for him and it's all right for her and it's all right for them, but what about this Moses and this Aaron? Do you believe that God can use? You. Well, let's go back one, one step. Do you believe that God wants to use you? You're allowed to answer that if you want to. Yeah, good, good, good. This is, it's encouraging to know you haven't fallen asleep. God wants to use every one of us. There's no problem on God's part. Who is the problem on? It's usually us because either we don't believe God or we won't let him. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit today, and if you aren't, you can ask him to fill you today before you go home. You can do it now. You can ask to be filled afresh with the power of the Holy Spirit. But God wants to give you more than the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants each one of us to know the spirit, not not sort of electricity that you switch on but a person who we have a relationship with, we know him. We learn to recognise his voice. And he will speak and communicate to each one of us differently. And so we we have to kind of tune in to the way that God speaks to us. The way in which the Holy Spirit reveals himself, reveals truth, reveals Jesus to to us. Some people are very visual, some people are very verbal. Some people are very feeling-orientated. Some people are beautiful combinations of all three and other things as well. There's probably no shortage of the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us. But we have to tune in so that we hear Him so that we understand what he's saying and we know what we're meant to do with it. Is it for me and my own sanctification and my own progression in being transformed? Or is it for someone else? The Bible talks about seed for the sower and bread for the eater. If it's bread, you eat it, because it's for you. If it's seed, you sow it into someone else's life. I guess with the bread, you are allowed to share it with other people, but um, in my mind it's very, very simple. God gives me something for me or he gives me something for you. And we mustn't get them muddled up. If it's for me, I need to rake it into my life. If it's for you, I need to pitchfork it into your life. Not literally, but sometimes what we have to say to one another might be painful. It might burst one or two bubbles. This is why I said towards the the beginning that we need one another. One of the marks of an authentic, spirit-filled church is that God speaks to us through one another. One of my favourite country singers, she's probably in her 50s now, a lady called Iris Dement. Anyone heard of her? She's got an Appalachian voice, so it's doesn't appeal to everybody. And in one of her songs, she she says, an arm is not an arm until it's wrapped around a shoulder. Here's a shoulder. Wrap my arm around it. An arm is not an arm until it's wrapped around a shoulder. That's the basic starting point for where we need one another. Where we welcome one another. Did you join the church because you wanted to know other people or be known? Did you want to strut your stuff and let everybody know who you were? We we need not not strutting your stuff, but but we we need that we need to know one another and we need to be known. We need to show ourselves friendly and get to know other people and we need to lower the drawbridge, draw the curtains aside and let other people into our lives. I love asking people questions about their lives but my great frustration, I suppose I'm quite relieved really, is they very seldom ask me questions about me. So I thought, okay, fine, I'll write a book later and you can read that. So, know and be known. Did you join the church to love others or to be loved? We need both. Did you join the church to serve or be served? We need both. And one of the marks of a spirit-filled church is that we are... You can come out now. Um, what, one of the marks of a spirit filled church is that our relationships with God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, are strengthening and deepening, and our friendships with one another are strengthening and deepening. Deepening, is that a word? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, we need. One another. We can't do without one another. God could do it all just with a movement of his eyebrow. But, but he, he chooses to work through us. And I think it was la- last week, I think Steve was talking la- last week, and th- there was a question Will you allow? God to use you will you allow God to work through you are you available is your life laid on the line one of my um, favorite singers is I think he's Canadian is a guy called Brian Dirksen anyone familiar with with him and um, One of his songs is called Today and uh, I took a wedding some years ago Um, a young woman, her father had just died and so her brother led her down the aisle and um, we, we sang this, I can't remember whether it was her coming in or the couple going out but it says this, today, we've already established that today is the day of salvation Today, I choose to follow you. Today, I choose to give my yes to you. It's a lovely marriage song, isn't it? Today, I choose to give my yes to you. Today, I choose to hear your voice and live. Today, I choose to follow you. As for me and my house, we will serve you. As for me and my house, we will spend our lives on you today. I thought that's a, it's actually a beautiful song. But I want to bring that to us as a challenge today. I'm not sure if I've addressed what the title of my song, of my. Talk was but um, I feel I'm delivering something that God want, wants you to hear and be challenged by today I choose it could be that you are choosing to follow Jesus for the first time you're going to surrender your life to him it could be that today I choose to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit it could, could be today I choose to make myself available not just in the life of the church though that is incredibly important but in the meetings of the church. One of the challenges in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is when, and there are lots of different ways of understanding this but I believe it in a particular way The the Apostle Paul says, when you come together, he's talking to the whole assembled Corinthian church, when you come together, each one of you has something to contribute. And you think, I can't find making the teas and coffees in that list. No, it's not there. It's vitally important, but it's not on the list. The the list has to do with the things we say and contribute to a meeting and he says each one of you I don't know how big the Corinthian church was um, it was much bigger than this but let's imagine each one of us comes to get together next Sunday and we've all got something to say and there's a microphone, well actually it's always in David's hand isn't it, but we'll take it out of David's hand and put it on a mic stand and say, who's got something to say to us this morning? And every seat is empty and there's a whacking great queue going round the church because everyone has got something from God to say. It will be impossible unless we have a a meeting two or three times the length of this for everyone to contribute. And usually in a meeting there is a flow and you think, oh, I don't need to say that now because we've moved on or someone's brought something similar. Sometimes repetition is vital but there's a flow usually to, to our meetings. What God wants... I believe, and it's, this crops up a number of times in the Old Testament. It says, "Do not come into the presence of God empty-handed." Have you been to those wedding receptions where there's a table for the cards and the pr- presents, and you think, "Oh, I'd love to actually give it to the couple," but no, no, protocol means I've got to p- put it on the t- table. So in our meetings, there will be times when you can actually give something to Jesus aloud. But there'll be other times where you think, "Okay, I've come with something, I'll I'll just put it on the table. It's my experience often that if I've come with something or God put something in my mind and I don't have the opportunity to say it, and of course there are all sorts of reasons why I don't, it might be that the flow has progressed, Or it might be, I've bottled out. Or I think, I've only got such a little bit, it's not worth saying. But of course, every little bit is worth saying. So i put a comma in there and I don't know the rest of the sentence. Isn't that incredible? What was I going to say? Do you have moments like that? (laughs) Strange, isn't it? For someone who's in his 40s to have a memory like that, it's (laughs) amazing. (laughs) Absolutely astonishing. (laughs) really Margaret Um, sorry that came out wrongly didn't it no is that really Margaret (laughs) if we have something it's the having I think that's more important than the actual delivering of it necessarily because if we prove ourselves trustworthy with the little things that God puts in our hearts and heads and hands and we are faithful in delivering those then he will give us more. Oh I know the rest of my sentence. Yes, I go back to that comma it's amazing the human brain isn't it um, I've often found that if I don't bring it publicly in conversation with an individual afterwards I think oh that's just the word that they need to hear. Have you had that experience? It's wonderful isn't it? Isn't the Holy Spirit wonderful? Now, the Holy Spirit has promised to bring to our remembrance all the stuff that Jesus has taught us. Now, I understand that to mean the more I read the Bible, the more stuff Jesus has for me to <coughs> repeat or share or, or whatever. If we are a Word and Spirit church... As undoubtedly we are are you a man or a woman of the word do you read the Bible you do meet Christians now and again who don't read the Bible it's appalling but we need to do more than read it we need to understand what we're reading we need to chew it over We need to apply it to ourselves before we apply it to other people. And we need to have the confidence that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance the stuff that Jesus has taught us. Now, I'm a great note-taker, but I'm so pleased when the Holy Spirit just brings something to my mind that I haven't written down. Um, Or I can't remember which notebook I wrote wrote it in. And, And the Holy Spirit just brings... A scripture or some theme based on scripture to your mind to, to my mind it's wonderful and I want to encourage us to be able to say yes I am a man of the word and I'm a man of the spirit I'm a woman of the word and I'm a woman of the spirit and I'm gonna come week by week With something for God, whether I actually give it or not, I'm leaving it up up to Him and the leading of the Spirit. But uh, do you sometimes sit there and think, oh, if only I could get these words out? You don't have that experience. You do. You do. Okay. What stops you? What stops you? In this church, we do not have non-stop worship. There there are breaks in the worship. There are often lots of invitations and encouragements to share something, to sing in the spirit, to pray aloud. There are some churches you go to where it's non-stop worship, so they're saying actually we don't want people to contribute. But I hope I'm not misrepresenting the eldership, but the elders and all of us really want to hear from God through one another. Are they going to hear from you? Are they going to hear through you? Have you had such an experience with God during the week that you've got something to contribute, a testimony? Or you've been reading the scriptures and God has really impacted you with something? Now I'll let you off the hook. You don't necessarily have to come with something prepared. Because the Holy Spirit can do something sovereignly in the moment. But the more you have inside, the more he can get out of you. And I know the subject of a spiritual church is huge. We only just touched a little tiny bit, bit of it. But the more we surrender ourselves to the Spirit, the more... I believe, we'll see happen in this church. We'll see healings. We'll see miracles. I've heard, because I've read it, that Jesus raised the dead. There's a lot of dead in us that Jesus needs to raise. So let's deal with that first and then we can s- hopefully see the real dead being raised uh, this week I've read two, two books my, my wife has been been away so I've put my feet up and read um, believe it or not although it's been, been out for 500 years um, I've never read this book before The Spirit-Filled Church by Terry Virgo. I warmly recommend this book. You can read it in a few days, unless you have to go out at work, but most of you are retired, aren't you? So you can read this. I really recommend this book. If you've read it before, read it again, because it's profound. And one that we've just, in the last year year or so, come across. This is a, a South African prophet called Julian Adams anyone heard of him yeah good uh, this is he's I think he's based at the King, king's arms in that oh he's moved on okay um, this is called the kiss of the father and this is about developing a, a, a relationship with the with the Holy Spirit and there's some wonderful testimonies of how God has used him as he has surrendered his life to more and more of the Holy Spirit can't I can't let you have this, because Maureen hasn't finished reading it yet. I don't think she's started reading it yet, so... Um, um, I hate to, to give this away, but um, if anyone would like like to borrow this... Sold to the lady over there. Here, June. If I could have it back afterwards, yeah. that would be re- really good. Um, I think it's t- time to sing. Don't you? St- Steve has got, got a song. Uh, for us and it's about inviting if I remember rightly (laughs) the Holy Spirit into our lives for more and more of the Spirit this wasn't the talk I planned to give you but um, it's what I felt I needed to discharge. So, just let let it sink into your spirits, and we'll see w- what God does with it. Yeah. Nice to stand. That's why we're singing this song. It'd be more than just a nice melody. it be an utter prayer from our hearts to God's heart. Let's just see what He does while we sing this. song we didn't sing, Ola. Breathe. We believe you're a God. We believe you're a God. This experience. especially through our souls, come upon us now, we invite you, you are welcome,
1: living God, come and have your way amongst
0: us.